1: Whether we recognize it or not, the world needs a Savior. Someone who can pay the price for the massive debt of sin that we owe. Join us today as Pastor Rander takes a look back at how God did for Israel, what He desires to do for each of us today in this message, The Redeemer and Savior of
0: Israel. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin.
1: If you are approach uh, if you are persecuted, if you are harmed because of the name of Christ, look, blessed are you. Now, some of you bring trouble on yourself because you're being a fool. Some, some of you, some folk are, you, 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 some folk are hypocrites. Some folk are liars. Some folk are smooth liars. Some folk are hypocrites. Some folk, some folk throw rocks and hide their hands. They gossip. They sow discord. They, they hit. They, they hit. They fight. They talk down folk. They slander. Now, when you when you sow that, you're going to reap that. You will reap what you sow. Okay? So it's not, to, so some trouble you bring on yourselves by your own attitude and your own bad disposition. But when you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. When you stand for Christ and you are persecuted, blessed are you. For the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. And you've, listen, persecution has come to America and it is only going to increase. America is becoming more and more anti-Christ. I mean, they've taken prayer out to school. I mean, they're 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 they don't want in God we trust on the money. They don't want God in the Pledge of Allegiance. They don't want everywhere there's God. They want to erase it, erase it. And God says, "Have it your way. Take me out, but you'll reap the whirlwinds." You, we need people that will say, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. God need people who will fall down on their face and cry, Lord, have mercy for their own soul's sake and for the sake of this nation. Verse 16. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. No, don't be ashamed to be persecuted. Let him talk about you. Let him call you a holy roly. Let him call you names. Let, them, let, let, let uh, That's OK. Uh, they call Jesus everything. But, uh, but the Son of God, you stand your ground and trust Jesus, and hold, and He will bless your faithfulness. But let Him glorify God in this manner. Look at verse three a. It says, "For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior." In other words, a loving God comforts His people, Israel, as He reminds. Her in the midst of Babylonian captivity, that he alone is her God. God, the Holy One of Israel, her Savior. You see that? It's, it, 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 look at that. He says, I am the Lord, your God. The Holy One of Israel, your Savior. He's saying that about Israel. Don't, don't forget who I am. But you know what? Even we Christians today can say the same thing. Uh, We can say, too, that we serve the Lord God. He is the Holy One and he is our savior. Is he your savior? Is he your master? Is he your Lord? Is he your God? Are you willing to stand for him? He saved you. He delivered you. He emancipated you took you out of darkness and out of the slave market of sin and purchased your salvation and brought you into the marvelous light. Why don't you say hallelujah? The idols that Israel worship could not deliver the idols that Israel worship could not redeem the idols that Israel worship could not save her. God is her one and only savior. For the scripture says in Isaiah chapter 45, verse 21 B, and there is no other God besides me, a just God. In other words, he's a God of equity, a just God and a savior. There is none but. besides me. In other words, God is God all by himself. Verse 3b says, I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place, while other nations were given over to judgment and destruction. The Lord preserved Israel in the midst of judgment and gave Egypt, Ethiopia, and Seba, which is possibly a country in southern Arabia, as a reward or ransom for Persia's kindness in releasing captive Israel from Babylon. In other Word, God bless Persia for being such a blessing to Israel by releasing Israel from captivity. After Persia defeated the Babylonians, you see, my friends, God blesses those who bless Israel, for the scripture says in Genesis chapter. 12, uh, verse 3. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Listen, blesses America when we remain friends with Israel. If we want the blessings of God on this country, we better treat Israel right, because that principle still holds true. It is not outdated. It is, it is just as intact today as when it was first said way back there during Abraham's time. He will bless you when you bless Israel. And antisemitism is on the rise. Uh, the people who despise the Jews, the, uh, Israel is surrounded by nations who wants to just wipe her out. Push her own into the sea. Uh, the, 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 they, they hate Israel. But I'm, I'm so glad that America's Israel's friend. And I pray that America never becomes Israel enemy because we will be in big time trouble. We he says, I will bless those that bless you. And I will curse those that curse you. And I don't want to be cursed because I'm messing with Israel. But I got news for you today. As a Christian and as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, when people mess with you, they mess with God. That's right. And when people mess with your God, they ought to be messing with you. You remember when somebody talked about your mama, daddy? You remember you got all ruffled up. You didn't just say God bless you. (laughs) You didn't say God. Listen, you rose up. You if you didn't have hair, you grew hair. Don't you talk about my mama? You talk about my dad? No, you ain't going now. I give you two blackers. You know, know, uh, don't don't you mess. Don't you mess with sisters and brothers could fight all the time. But I tell you, when somebody on our side want to pick on them, they had to fight all them brothers and sisters. They fought each other. But hey, I bet you, you better not dip in there. And let me tell you something, that's the attitude we ought to have. When they blaspheme the name of God, you ought to be riled up and you ought to have a righteous indignation because God is your heavenly father. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. When you mess with God, you mess with me. And when you mess with me, you mess with God. Because me and God, we are are in close relationship with one another. I'm his child and he is my daddy. Why don't you say amen? Amen. Though Isaiah was referring primarily to the restoration of Israel from Babylon, He was speaking of a wider regathering. At the second coming of Christ, Israel will be regathered to her land from around the world. You say, how do you know that? Because of what the scripture says in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 12. It says, he will set up a banner for the nations and will assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. In Amos, it talks about it as well. Amos 9, 15 says, I will plant them, Israel, in their land and no longer shall they be pulled up from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. You see, so 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 the, the scripture is prophetic in nature and talks about Israel being regathered back to her land. And now she is in her land. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In verses eight through 10, you have Israel to be a witness to the world. It says, bring out the people who are blind, yet have eyes, who who are deaf, yet have ears. All the nations gather together and the peoples assemble Who among them can declare this and show us the form of things? Let them bring their witnesses to prove them right and let them hear and say it is true. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Uh, Before me, no God was formed, nor shall there be after me. Unfortunately, in this passage, in in Israel's history, Israel did not live up to God's call for her to be his witness. Israel was not in position to give ministry because she was spiritually blind, deaf, in darkness and in bondage. God came unto his own and. and his own own received him not. To this day, they are blind and in bondage, and Israel will be judged because of her blindness and refusing the Messiah. God will bring about the true call of Israel to be his witness upon the face of the earth during the tribulation, just after the rapture, seven-year period called the time of Jacob's trouble. God will seal during that time 144,000 Hebrews out of every tribe of the nation of Israel to be his witness resulting in many Gentiles coming out of darkness and, and even Jews into the marvelous light of the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever witnessed God's ability to elevate you above a problem you created, but only he can resolve? (laughs) Listen in today as Pastor Rander continues to explain how God can redeem and save us, even from ourselves, in this message, the Redeemer and Savior
0: of Israel. He'll be speaking from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin.
1: In Revelation chapter 7... Verses three and four, it says, do not harm the earth, the sea or the trees till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed. 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. You see, my friend, even though Israel is blind and deaf today. In the future, she will have her spiritual eyesight and hearing restored. During the tribulation, she will be a witness telling the world about the good news of Jesus Christ. You see how one hundred and forty four thousand Jews will be converted, and they will become Jew- they will become Jewish evangelists uh, t- uh, speaking of Christ and witnessing for Christ and you have Gentiles and Jews alike will be coming to Christ and then you will have two witnesses sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, and then even an angel preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ in heaven, the gospel will go forth, and people will be getting saved even during that terrible time. Furthermore, believers in Messiah today also have the responsibility of being God's witnesses to those who are lost without Christ. People are lost everywhere. People are lost. Entertainers are lost. Uh, uh, political figures are lost. Athletes are lost. The folk in your family lost. They ain't all saving your family. Stop acting like your family's all left. Go to family reunion. you see some of that flesh coming out of them. Uh, lost folks, ch- children and grandchildren who are lost. Lost folks, you know, and the worst place to be lost is even sitting in the Lord's house. You'd be surprised for people who come and they dress up and have great big Bibles and they say amen and don't even know Jesus. You, you can be at the church, but not in the church. My friend, don't just be at the church, be in the church. Don't be like Agrippa, you almost persuaded me. You need to be persuaded and come to Jesus now. Acts 1 8 says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. My friends, we must keep in mind that spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ must be our primary focus. Some of you like playing bingo. Nothing wrong with that, but you can't put bingo before God. Some of you like football and you're watching the clock now because you you think you're missing something, but don't even a preseason game. You don't want to miss this and this and this and this. It's just a game. That's why you got recorders and all that kind of stuff. Some of you on the golf course and you got you. You play 20 rounds and don't give God one hour in church. Listen, that is not our focus. It's nothing wrong with going fishing. It's nothing wrong with playing golf. It's nothing wrong with going to a party. It's nothing wrong with having a little fun in your life. God is not some big killjoy trying to destroy every ounce of joy that come your way. But let me tell you something. Your pleasure is not God's priority. You cannot live in pursuit of pleasure. You have to live in pursuit of Jesus Christ, who will give you some pleasure along the way. You see, uh, so 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 our primary focus is not to be politics. It is not to be political correctness. Our focus is not to be entertainment. If we had some uh, some Christian celebrity person in here, we folk would be lined outside to come in. But do you say pastors Draper preaching the gospel all of a sudden you say, well, 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 well maybe next week, <laughs> next week, you can next week yourself right into hell. You, people come to entertainment. If you want entertainment in here then you go on down the street. We're not hungry for your membership if you are not right with God. If you waiting on me to swing from lights and do acrobats and turn flips, I'm too old to be doing that. I just had a birthday. You ain't gonna let me. I ain't going to no doctor trying to entertain you. I'm tired. It's hard enough just standing tall and flat-footed and preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. I don't have time to be flipping for you. You're not in a circus. You're in God's house and you need to hear the word of God because the time is now to preach and to dispense the good news of Jesus Christ. Telling the world that Jesus is on his way back. Get ready right now. Get ready right now. It's not time for tradition of men. It's not time for pursuing relationships with people. Some of you are closer to people than you are with God. You Facebook and everybody. Got a, a contact list of 500 folk. You got just all over the place. I said hi and bye. And today I'm going to this. And oh, I just came out of the kitchen. So why do why why I need to know all your business? Get in the word of God. Don't stop texting. Stop texting and start texting the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, verse. Uh, start texting the Bible. And stop texting all these folk that you don't know anyway. They don't care about you. You go to the hospital, they're not coming to see you. You say they love you. They don't love you. God loves you. Folk turn their love on and off like hot water. <laughs> Pursuing a relationship with people without a relationship with Christ. Some folk rather be around their friends than be around Jesus. We must make much of Christ, for he is our only hope. Look at verse 9. Let all the nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled. Who among them can declare this and show us former things? Let them bring out their witnesses that they may be justified. Or let them hear and say, it is truth. Isaiah mocks the useless gods of the nations because of their inability to accurately predict the future, like these old sad, quacky psychics. These psychics, so, they, they know so much, they ought to be able to fix the economy. They ought to be able to tell, tell Obama what to do. You know, if they know so much, they don't know. As a matter of fact, uh, if they're in the store, I need to tell them, well, where's the sugar? Show me what all that's on. You, you know? Uh, 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 he, mocks, he mocks these crazy folk. Uh, uh, claiming uh, they see things and predicting and don't see nothing but, de- but demons and devils. God, through Isaiah, calls on the nations to produce witnesses who can give evidence that their God have made predictions in the past that has come true. The silence of their worthless idols proves that they are powerless. They are useless and have no credibility. However, God, through the prophet Jeremiah, also accurately prophesied that Cyrus would deliver Israel from Babylon. For it says in Ezra chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3, it says... Now the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. See, it came to pass. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing, saying, thus says Cyrus, king king of Persia. All the kingdoms of the earth, the Lord God of heaven has given me and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem which is in Judah. Ooh is among you of all his people. May his God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah and build the house of the Lord uh, God of Israel. He is God, which is in Jerusalem. Here, the prophecy of Jeremiah comes to pass when Cyrus come on the scene and does what is prophesied with 100% accuracy. Go to verse 10 in the text. It says, you are my witnesses, says the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. My friend, Israel witnessing uh, the accuracy of God's prophecy helped them to know and believe that her God is the only true and living God. God is supreme and he transcends any other gods. God chose Israel to be a witness exclusively for himself and to give him all praise. Israel was to give him all honor and all glory. And the Lord's church today must be doing the same thing if we're going to give him glory. God existed before any God was made with human hands and will continue to exist long after the idols of this world perish. God has no equal. Did you hear what I said? God has no equal. He alone is God all by himself. Look at verses 11 through 15, if you will. Verses 11 through 15. Israel promised deliverance from Babylon. Israel promised deliverance from Babylon. Verse 11 says, I, even I, the Lord, and besides me, there is no savior. I have declared and saved. I have proclaimed, and and there was no foreign God among you. Therefore, you are my witnesses, says the Lord, that I am God. Indeed, before the day was, I am he, and there is no one who can deliver out of my hand. I work, and and, and, and who will reverse it? Thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake, I will send to Babylon and bring them all down. As fugitives, the Chaldeans who rejoice in their ships—you know their mighty glory and their uh, military uh, ships and all that stuff—I am the Lord, your holy one, the Creator of Israel, your King. In verse eleven, Savior is another title of God that Isaiah frequently uses. The Lord declares Himself to be the Lord, your holy one, the Creator of Israel, your King, and that all that. That's what God, that's that's who God ought to be to us today. He ought to be our Lord, our Holy One, our Creator, our King. He is our only true and living Savior. In verse 12, just as God declared in advance that he would deliver Israel from Egyptian captivity, as it says in Exodus chapter three, verse 17, and then verses 19 to through 20, God delivering Israel from Babylon will again prove that he alone is God, and that he has an unfailing love toward Israel. God never intended for foreign gods to be associated with him in any way. I say it again. God never intended for foreign gods to be associated with him in any way. No other gods has the power to deliver Israel from Babylon. My friend, that authority and power belongs exclusively to Jehovah God. God would not deliver captive Israel until she put away her foreign gods and placed her trust in him alone. But I'm not just talking about Israel. Allow me to talk to you right now. Perhaps some of you are facing difficulties because you have not put away things that's impeding your power and potential in Christ. God wants to do more than what you are delivering what he see you delivering. God wants to do wondrous things to you, through you and to you. God wants to use you in a mighty and a marvelous way. God wants to see you rise up to your God-given potential, but you are holding on to some of these idols of the world and some of this stuff in your heart that's impeding uh, your potential for Christ. For some of you, it's anger. Some of you have come in here angry. Some of you perhaps are angry at your husband. There's a subtle anger. Perhaps your husband don't even know that wife is that angry at you a wife and a husband. Some children are angry. Uh, there are relatives that are angry. I've never seen such angry people. You blow your horn uh, because somebody's sleeping at the red light and they'll turn around and blow your brains out. Just angry because you blew your horn. You better wait and just pray and say, Lord, I pray they move. I'm not going to honk that they move. You don't know what fool is in front of you and what fool is behind you. you be- Good things come to those who know how to wait. But some of y'all, your anger will move you ahead of God. You've been too angry and you're killing yourself. You're just killing yourself. You're stressing yourself out. Hard on your heart. ulcers, Nervous breakdown simply because you're mad. You're mad about something in the past. You're mad about circumstances. You're mad about something that somebody did to you back in 1942. Listen, you can't go back into yesterday and fix it. Accept the things you can't change. Ask God to help you get over it and forgive yourself. Forgive the person who hurt you and then move on. Some of you, your pride is impeding your potential for Christ. Nobody can tell you nothing. You're you, you strong will. You head's strong. You're cocky. You, I know this. Don't tell me. I know. You can't tell me. Uh, but shut up. Be quiet. Pride. Uh, the way you treat your wife. Some of you just dog your wife out. Maybe you verbalize her in a wrong way. Some of you just trashing your husband and you're putting your husband's business all in the street. What happened to your house I ought to stay at your house. It ought to be all down the street and texting your, your house business on that text and emailing stuff all over the town. And all folk all the way over in Germany know what's going on in your house. Shame on you. Shame on you. Husbands and children are at, at, at odds, at odds. Fathers and children, husbands and wives. Some of you are unfaithful. And that's why you can't reach your God-given potential. How are you going to reach your God-given potential being unfaithful to God? You come to church once a month and then say, God, use me. That's right. Yeah. Won't come to Lord's Supper like we're going to have this evening. A holy communion. Won't do those things because that's too much church. Well, you're telling me you don't want to go to heaven. No clocks in heaven. All eternity, we're going to be worshiping and glorifying God. By the way, no basketball in heaven. No football in heaven. No soccer. You say, well, what is in heaven? Jesus in heaven. Hey! I'm going to tell you something. He's enough. When you start gazing at the glory of God, when you look at his hand when you look at his eyes like bronze of fire, when you look at his feet like polished bronze and when you see the rainbow around the throne and when you see the the nails in his hand that redeemed you and when you see the feet uh, where the, the, the nails went through, you will know him and you will see him and you'll be so busy gazing at the streets of gold and gazing at all of celestial city and looking at all the sights and sounds. Oh my God. Throw the basketball away. You you forget about it. You have a your pink skin won't mean nothing to you because Jesus will be the center of the attraction. Why don't you say amen? When we disobey God, we set the stage for our impending destruction. God is our only hope. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We must walk by faith and not by sight. We must obey God and look to the hills from whence cometh our help. And where does our help come? It comes from who made heaven and earth. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org, where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas 78109. Directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.